for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. On this beautiful Saturday morning, wrapping up one of the coldest weeks of the year. Well, I guess I guess that's not saying much. We're only five days into into this 2019 of the season, coldest week of the this winter season. You know what? All week I was thinking of Jay Harper, and it was something he said the last time that we could use a good cold snap to kill the bugs. So he yes. must be thrilled right now. I have killed every fly in our house. <laughs> you can leave the front door open. There are no flies that come in. We are. We are bug-free at the moment. Do you I, have I loved the, that frost. Do you have the gun that you put the table salt, salt in? And, no. <laughs> I thought it would make a big mess. Oh, that would have been great for the kids. My sister says it does not make a mess. She has one, so hmm. maybe we'll have to get a saltinator or something like that. It's <laughs> Love that. a gun that shoots salt and kills flies. It's awesome. This is the 10 o'clock hour. This is where we dive deep into something specific about your home castle or cabin, and it follows our home maintenance calendar. If you're just joining us, that calendar was delayed getting sent. I accidentally threw away uh, the, the final print. It had edits on it, so I thought, well, after we send them back for revision, they're going to make new ones, but no, this, this was the final, and the edits were just taken off of the handwritten notes that I threw in recycling, so we had to get a new print and get re-in-line for the printing press, and that delayed everything a couple weeks. So live and learn. I won't throw away the final – I won't fi- throw away the prints for our 2020 calendar. But uh, So that will be out next week. We're told we will be delivered those on Monday. And we are focusing in the month of January on projects you can do around your house in a weekend. And we're focusing on plumbing. Uh, last week we had Linda Stanfield – and our weekly how-to talking about how to wrap your pipes on the exterior of your home or in the attic to prevent from any kind of uh, fr- frost. We've got a video on our YouTube channel that complements that as well, so you can see it, uh, see it done. Very simple process. We used uh, actual pipe insulators that you get from a plumbing store, but you could use a towel uh, from your bathroom, any kind of blanket, just something to get an extra layer of insulation over the exterior of our pipes. We don't get hard freezes here in Arizona very often, below about 3,500 feet elevation. But when we do, it catches us by surprise because we're not used to it, and we don't live with that on a regular basis. So we're moving now to the inside of the home. This, for the first project of the year, it's going to be replacing all the water lines inside your home. And we'll get to what that means specifically and how easy that is for most homeowners uh, to do. But to talk about the importance of why that is, the number one cause, this is an old statistic, but it's, it's been consistent for a lot of years, for insurance claims in homes is water damage. And the number one leading cause to that water is busted water lines, particularly at the washing machine. Costly repair. And we've brought Clay Jansen in from Focus Insurance to talk about the insurance side of things. Uh, because once, Clay, I yes, don't sir. envy your job. By the time someone's calling you, they're probably already oh, they're in a already bad fired mood. Up. Oh, they're fired up already. <laughs> 
You've got water waters in- everywhere. Oh, damage is already happening. It's creeping up the drywall. Oh, two or three inches, two inches in the bathroom, two inches in the washing machine, in the floor. And if you're not careful or you don't have the right coverage, things could go progressively worse from real there. quick real fast and people get frustrated right and and you want it fixed asap and uh you start worrying about how you're going to pay for it you, you're absolutely right people get frustrated real quick so the first thing you have to do in this project is go get your insurance policy out you sent me one for an example yesterday i printed off the press and i, know I you looked read through every it and i it. said oh lord i hope <laughs> i hope clay knows this by heart because even if i got through reading through all this clay i wouldn't know what i was talking it about it reads so great <laughs> isn't it it just reads so fun so light it's a light reading a light reading cause of property loss section one's losses we cover comprehensive parallels say what Woo! that's a mouthful <laughs> right there yeah and that's just the title that's, that's just the title. Even, that's that just is, section that's not E. By the way, that's section E of your policy <laughs> for folks out there that are digging up their policy right now in their filing system. Yeah, so you've got a number of The scary right, thing is I'm not even sure where I would find mine. The, <laughs> call your agent. Well, so I, I say that. I, I did cheat. I did get a digital copy and I did put it in my home Zada app. So Excellent. I know where I could find it. But perfect. If I could find a physical one at the house, I, I couldn't do that. Right. Yeah, a lot so, of people. That's why you should call. Call right? your agent. Call your agent. Get a copy. That's right. Yep. And then what you do from there, right? You want to look under. In this case, we're looking at a sample policy here that I just kind of pulled out of one of our uh, clients' policies here. And you want to look under what's covered, and that's specifically called the peril, right? So that's kind of the word that says what's what's the cause of the of the incident, right? Okay. Was it a was it a pipe that broke? Was it right? Was it some sort of damage? Maybe there was uh, something else that happened. Um, but there's covered Here. perils. There's you live co- on a sloped hill, That's and your right. neighbor left the hose running in the pool all night that trickled down. And all down the water's and- <laughs> coming down. And that would be a flood, right? That would be water coming from the outside of the home in. But if this is something that happens in the house, there's a number of covered perils or causes. You know, you, classically, people think of the things like fire or lightning and windstorms and right things like that. Um, but when we're talking about water, there's a couple specific ones that are really important in there that you really got to zero into. Number one, is it a discharge or overflow? right? From, from water or steam. So that's typically covered. Was it a pipe that was ruptured or cracked, right? That's typically covered. Was the pipe frozen, right? And was it a pipe burst because of freezing? That's typically covered, right? But if it's just wear and tear on your machine so, or maybe a connection that's kind of coming out of the wall or some of the piping, if it's just wear and tear, that's what frustrates people the most. That's what's typically not going to be covered. And it's something you can fix this weekend. And we'll talk through how to do that here uh, after after we cover the insurance side of things and understanding what your coverage is. But the wear and tear is not covered. Let me back up real quick, though. Go for it. Yep. <laughs> so how—talk to me about acts of God. Okay. How is a freezing pipe covered? And that's—a freezing pipe's not an act of God, but hail is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the freezing pipe, right? Let's start with the freezing pipe. You'll also find in your policy what's not covered, right? So a couple pages after what's covered, you're going to find the section that says what's not covered. And what's not covered is if you're negligent in preventing those pipes from freezing, right? So freezing is going to happen, right? We were just talking about the cold snap here in Phoenix. Uh, if you go to the North Country, holy smokes, they've been getting a bunch of snow and it's cold up there. But if you didn't do your duty right? Your, your job to drain those pipes, to protect those pipes, to maybe get them wrapped. If you're not there, maybe you kind of lock up that, uh, that house or that cabin up in Munns Park and you come back down, right, uh, in the wintertime back down to Phoenix. If you haven't done those steps, the insurance company might not cover it. Even though it froze, 
right? If you didn't drain those pipes, if you didn't do those necessary steps in advance, you could have a problem where it's not covered. Okay. So how is freezing pipes and hail? <laughs> not you really active. want me to get deep on this act of God thing, don't you, Romy? I just so well. I I guess more what I'm looking for is so when you say things that aren't covered, is yep. there a list in here acts of yes. gods that aren't covered? Okay. So most most acts of um, when you when you're thinking of acts of God or Mother Nature, right? When we're thinking about that stuff, most of that stuff is covered right out of the gate, right? Windstorms or hail, typically right at the top of the list, right? Right up there with fire or lightning. So a lot of those things, those are causes that are going to be covered, right? The temperature dropping, obviously kind of an act of God and Mother Nature kind of thing, right? It's still a responsibility. You still got to jump in there as, as a homeowner, right? And you still got to do your steps to prevent it. Because usually freezing has to do with pipes, just like we're talking about today, right? So that part, that's the connection part where the hailstorm kind of dumping down and destroying your roof. Well, there's not much you could do to protect from that, right? There's not much material or, or action that you could take. But that frozen pipe, there is that action that you can take. And most insurance companies are going to be looking for you to take that action in advance. So that way you're not just you know, reluctantly forgetting to drain the pipes and then you have a big water claim. And a lot of our homes, the copper pipe comes in underground. Yep. That was the way it was built for many years. Even prior to that, it galvanized. Galvanized. Yep. That's still true to this day for the point of entry from the street or yep. from your well. But there's a lot of homes that are now plumbed with uh, plastic called PEX that are run in your attic. So we've got to consider the water lines, not That's necessarily... Right. Uh, that we'll talk about that go from your wall to your fixture, whether it's the sink, whether it's the washing machine, the dishwasher. Those lines are generally the first thing that we see uh, when you talk about wear and tear and failure. Yep. Water lines to your refrigerator. Ice maker is yep. one that we never think about and is a silent but deadly the killer. Drip, <laughs> the drip, the one that just hides back there. Oh, man. Because how often do you look behind your refrigerator? Never. I've never. And Whenever you find that drip happening, when the water starts coming out from musty underneath smell? it. Yeah, hmm. why, why does it always yeah. feel damp in here? <clears throat> What's the difference between a water leak and a flood? You had mentioned yeah. we'd, we'd use that analogy of someone the leaving. sloping. This, yes, sloping. So yes. is a... How's a flood covered? Super specific. This is a great question, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, callers that call into our office ask this question. Really vital to know. A flood is when the water comes from outside into the home, right? A great example you just had. Maybe a neighbor leaves some water out there, or literally a flood where there's water coming in from the rain, et cetera. You're on a sloped hill, right? Water coming in from the outside. If there's water inside coming out of your toilet, right, maybe a, a sewer backup, that's not a flood. Although I think a lot of us think of it as a flood because only smokes. We've got water everywhere, right? So two specific policies. If water comes from the outside in, typically not covered by your homeowner's insurance. You're going to need a flood policy for that. Very specific, right? If you've got water in the house coming up from the sewer, then it's a maybe, ooh, right, coming up from out of your toilet, out of your shower. It could get really nasty. You're going to need a specific rider on your policy called water sewer backup. Call your agent, see if that's something you can add. It's really inexpensive. It's maybe thirty bucks, and it's well worth the thirty bucks because you could have four, five, six thousand, you know, dollars worth of damage really quick. And, and it's not fun damage, right? This is damage <laughs> coming at, reversing out of your toilet, right? You're gonna want this coverage on there, and it's well worth it. And we apologize for anyone enjoying their brunch this morning oh. that may have just lost it a little bit. <laughs> Sorry but, about that, folks. Not hey, the side of the neighbors you want to see. <laughs> 
that, that's a small thing to pay for to oh. being prepared and protecting yourself. Best coverage that to add extra ever out there. Happen. Yeah, one it of throws the best. on the house joined with Focus Insurance talking about what's important to know on your home, and we'll be talking about what lines to replace in your home to avoid any of that negligent wear and tear so you're not in this position where you have to call Clay and say, what do I do now? Well, if I could walk on water And if I could find some way to prove If I could walk on water Would you believe in me? My love is so true You know, to find the answer to a lot of things, there's a, a podcast I listen to called Follow the Money, and that's what uh, they say. You want to find the answer to something? Follow the money. I think that's not always true because if you followed the money and you went back to insurance— Insurance would dictate builders stop building with silly sticks and stucco and drywall that absorb like a sponge, <laughs> cost a ton to repair after water damage, and would build with masonry. How many masonry homes do you go into that, you, that need to be tore down and rebuilt because of water damage? I mean, maybe Pretty pull rare. out a little drywall. Right. And they wouldn't build them with basements. Because, yeah. uh, you know, across the country, the, the basement always leaks, right? I always hear stories about, well, the basement was leaking. Can I ask you a specific question? Please. Like, yes. This was actually personal experience just a couple weeks ago. I was very thankful I was home, uh, standing in the kitchen. I thought, what's that? Where's the water on? Open the pantry door, two inches of water on the floor. The four-year-old water heater, warranted for 15, has decided it's done. Oh. So would you, you're my insurance guy. Would you have covered that? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a new relatively new type of coverage out there. Um, it's an endorsement or what we call a rider that goes onto an insurance policy and it's called equipment breakdown. So the difference between that and just your regular homeowner's policy is um, typically a regular homeowner's policy is not going to cover that because it wasn't what we call from the earlier segment a covered peril. It wasn't uh, caused by wind or hailstorm or, or, or a fire, et cetera. So what you're looking for from your insurance policy and reach out to your agent is to say, hey, is there a rider that I can put on that covers things just like that, right? For breakdown on home appliances and systems, like a water heater, it's called equipment breakdown. The twist to it is um, you are subject to your deductible. So a lot of people think, well, if I'm already going to pay 500 bucks or 1000 to get that done, that eh, doesn't make any sense to add that rider. Um, if it's an air conditioner, it might, right? Because air conditioners can be up there in the thousands of dollars. Um, but it is a rider. It is available. Uh, most carriers are, are adding it now. It is relatively new. So if you haven't heard about it before, don't be shocked. Uh, but definitely reach out to your agent um, and see if that's something you can add on there. Really inexpensive. Maybe uh, $40 a year, right, I'll, cost? And that's where we direct people when they ask us, what do you think about home warranties? There are applications. I've seen home warranties have done great. They've served yep. the homeowner. Um, and you've seen the opposite. Save money. <laughs> oh, I see the opposite Woo. a whole lot more. We hear a lot about the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and so we always direct them look at equipment breakage coverage first before yep. you consider these home warranties. And what's great about that equipment breakage that I really like is it puts a separation 
from the home warranty company and who they send to your home. That's right. A lot of those times, those companies, they don't let you pick your own contract. They will not. And they, I do not like that. They will not. And that's why that's what makes a warranty different than an insurance policy is that it's a service agreement. It's not an insurance policy. The other way to remember that I think is really easy if, if people get confused sometimes with warranty versus insurance, warranty covers wear and tear. Warranty, wear and tear. Insurance covers all of the accidental stuff. Another way to think about it, insurance does not cover wear and tear. So if you would like something that covers wear and tear, right, you really do have to look at a warranty. But please do the research, right? There's a lot of good companies out there, and there's just a lot of companies that really you might want to just be careful of. Look them up online. Check out their reviews. Um, I use another rule of thumb. It's kind of like uh, what I've learned here from all the Rosie on the House folks, from you and, and Rosie. The cheapest bid isn't always the best bid. Right. So don't just go to a home warranty company and look for the cheapest option. Right. I would definitely shop it out. Most home warranties are going to be about three, four, five hundred dollars per year. Um, but if it's just the cheapest one you're looking at, I would kind of look at that maybe through a different lens. Look at the reviews online, Better Business Bureau, things like that. But warranty is for wear and tear. It is good to think about adding. A lot of people add it when they buy a house. Right. They they're not familiar with the wear and tear of that new home that they're buying. So you put a warranty on right. Right. When you when you buy that new home just to protect you because you don't know. Um, some of those systems like the air conditioner and the plumbing and all that stuff. Um, but as you're getting comfortable with your house, just keep that in mind. If you are looking at a warranty, it will only cover wear and tear. And don't forget, you are, just like Romy just said, you're subject to wh whoever they pick to come out. And sometimes it's not as fast as you want either. And you had given a, a number of equipment breakage insurance of $40 a year. Yep, that's right. Equipment breakdown, 40 bucks a year. on and Add it to your insurance policy. Add it to your insurance policy. Right? And then the home warranty is probably closer to about, uh, typically about $400 per year. Okay, so we're going to take 400 and we're going to subtract 40 so we're left with 360 That's right. How long have you lived in your home? How, or how long have you been a homeowner? Oh, I've been a homeowner since uh, 2004. 2004, so we're talking 15 15 years. years. So have you ever had to use uh, insurance or a home warranty? Insurance, yes, but home warranty, no. Okay, so over 15 years, uh, that's 5400 bucks. That's right. So that if you, you would have saved out that. out of pocket. Right. If you, exactly. If you'd have saved that. You would have saved that. 54 can go a long way. That's right. Fixing things on your home. That that's right. Doesn't go into someone else's bank account. That's right. You got it. So do the math in advance before you before you spend money on these things, and always look for a reputable company with some good reviews. All right. When we get back, we're going to talk about changing those water lines, so we don't have to call Clay other than to say, "Hey, let's go get something to eat." It's been a while <laughs> since we caught up. <laughs> Where can you find trusted, certified contractors, services, and material suppliers? Do-it-yourself information. Podcasts of this and any other show, plus a monthly staycation to go on once all the work is done? RosieOnTheHouse.com, 24 7. Step number one. The first point of entry to your home is where we're going to start. You need to make sure the shut-off valve works. And if you're in a condo, you need to know where that is. Um, if you're in an apartment, you need to know 
where that is, even if it's not your responsibility in an apartment to fix the water damage, you're still going to be pretty output while they're doing all the repair work and fixing everything. And if we can eliminate and minimize the damage, well, then we can get done with the project quicker. So you have to know where the water shutoff valves are to your, whatever residence you call home and you're residing in. For a home, we like to see what we call a ball cock valve. It's a 90-degree twist that shuts off. There was a gate valve. The old ones, it's a handle, and you would turn it. And the gate gradually goes down and gradually comes up. Um, the ball cock, there's just less moving parts. It's a lot simpler. Uh, there can be, we talk about hard water in Arizona. Uh, one of the reasons we recommend water softening for our home is to eliminate that hard water uh, buildup. Even in that case, though, it doesn't affect your shutoff valve. Your, your water, you're softening the water after the point of entry to the home, so your shutoff valve is still susceptible to corrosion and buildup, and it's a lot easier uh, to break through the, any of that corrosion with a 90-degree turn of a valve versus a gate valve that slowly, gradually shuts. So make sure we've got a good working valve up front. Uh, you can re it's not a big project to replace it, but you would then have to know where the shutoff valve to your water supplies. It's wherever your water meter is, there's a shutoff valve there. They are hard to turn. Uh, the city has special tool used for it. Uh, as a homeowner, you, you can buy those, but you don't need to spend that money if you have a crescent wrench. And a screwdriver, you can accomplish the same thing. Just put the crescent wrench down over the, the top of the valve, tighten it down, and then use a screwdriver through the eye of the channel lock plier, and that'll, or um, not channel lock, crescent wrench, sorry. Uh, and that'll give you the leverage you need to turn it to off. Uh, and then that'll save you 110 bucks on the, what they get for the, the tool at most, uh, last time I saw, and that, this was years ago. So that's where you turn it off at the main, and then you could replace your shutoff valve at your home from there. There's a little funny thing that it branches off to uh, where you're kind of like, what's the reason for all of this? It looks like a little bell on top. That's your backflow prevention from your landscape. So we're not really too worried about the landscape at this point for today's topic. Uh, a, that's a break in your yard. If you're not uh, on a steep hill where that's all going to flood your neighbor's house, it's it's pretty rare that we see an irrigation flood. Uh, and Clay has stayed, our insurance guy. I, have you ever had to f service a, a, a home damage from a, a no. flat, a, a home built on the flat desert f surface from an irrigation leak? We haven't, but as soon as I say that, <laughs> right. I'm going to get a call on Monday. The guy right. with the basement, like you said earlier. <laughs> Right. So I don't want to say that out loud, but I just broadcast. We it. haven't, haven't, we haven't yet. yet. And you're a second generation Yeah, insurance. we've been doing this for 40 years. Yeah. So yeah, we have not seen one yet. So that's pretty rare. So we're not going to spend any time worrying about the insurance or the, the landscape side of things. We're just going into the home. So we've got a good ball cock valve installed now. The water goes into your home. And if you have a water softener, this is where it separates because we don't soften the outdoor spigots to... Uh, to our hoses, usually they will plumb one by your garage 
and that's for washing your car. You can do that uh, so that you reduce the amount of wax you have to do. The waxing, you don't get nearly the water spots. Uh, but it would cost way... It, it's not... It doesn't make sense to soften water that you're using out in your landscape to fill your pool, uh, to wash your dog, whatever it is you do on the back porch, hook up a slip and slide. It, there's no reason to spend the money softening that water. Uh, so there is a, from the water softener then, everything going to every plumbing fixture in your home should be softened at that point. There's a, a water purification system that most Homes with a water softener will have at their kitchen sink because, um, and sometimes that's not softened. Be Perfect case scenario it is, and then you've got an RO system for your drinking water, and you can use that. But every one of those places where the water leaves the inside of your wall and comes out to connect to whatever fixture you're using, there should be another shut-off valve there. And again, you want to test those. Turn them, make sure they can turn, make sure you can get to them. I don't know how many of you are going to, or standing at your kitchen sink right now, open it up and look down. How long would it take you to pull everything out to, to get to it, to turn it off? I'm guilty. Your home maintenance on HomeZada, and I do this once a month, go on every shutoff valve and just turn it a quarter away, a couple of times, and that's it. You'll have it covered. And... Mm -hmm. Turn it, but then turn on your faucets to make sure no water right. comes out. Right. So we know that it's working. You just reminded me, I got to fix the two under my sink. Because <laughs> that, <It's> true. <laughs> that copper line coming out of the wall after that shutoff valve is connected to a plastic hose. Those plastic hoses are what breaks more often than not creating these problems. And we're going to talk about uh, ones that are wrapped with metal that are braided, even the inside of those are still rubber. And it's usually the hot water side that leaks first because you've got the expanding and contraction, expansion contraction of hot water, cold water, hot water, cold water, hot water, cold water. Usually the hot water line bursts for the first, uh, first because of that. Uh, change in temperature, it's, it's harder on the material. So what the braided will do is at the point the plastic does uh, wear out or break, the braid will actually hold it together to minimize the size of the gash, which minimizes the amount of water that's leaked. Or I say gash, split. It's usually a vertical split. Um, if you want to test this, plug the end of your hose, cut a side in it, turn it on, and see how it's doing, then wrap it and see how much less is coming out. It will greatly reduce it. But here's the, the one point, and one of our uh, employees dealt with this as well. Somebody took the time and money to invest the extra few bucks per hose to buy the metal braided ones and still bought it with a plastic nut. What do you think broke? The plastic nut and flooded the bathroom because it was the supply line from the to the toilet. So in that case, it was just, you know, plastic goes bad. Make sure you buy the stainless steel brass nut with your hose. There's no reason to spend the money for a braided water supply line and not get a metal nut. But I don't even know why they make them with a plastic nut. It's just 
one of those things you look at and you think, are they just trying to find a reason to fill up the landfill? So when you're attaching it, you can do it uh, with a crescent wrench. I Crescent wrenches are handy. Uh, I, I have them. I do like to use fitted ones better. Uh, they're just designed and machined to fit. There's no extra... Uh, the extra play that you get in a crescent wrench. Generally, we're not tightening water lines big enough that you would ever start stripping a nut. Uh, it's usually in mechanics and um, mechanical devices where that come, becomes a factor. So you really can use a crescent wrench because you don't want to over-tighten it either because you could damage the solder joint that's behind the wall without knowing it. That elbow where the water line is coming out of, from inside the wall there's a solder joint back there, and you don't want to be cranking it, cranking it, cranking it so hard that you're putting too much pressure on your water line, creating a problem behind the wall you don't even know about. So uh, in a lot of cases, uh, strong enough hands can hand tighten these, and you'll know if it's uh, good enough because when you turn the valve on, you'll see if there's a leak right there or not. There's plumber's tape. It's white. It's kind of a Teflon-ish. It's very hard <laughs> uh, to, to get on your, your threads and to stay there. Um, but if you put a one or two wrap of that on, that's a lot easier to hand tighten because that adds an extra layer of water sealing. You've got two points to connect. You've got one to the shutoff valve, and then you have one to the actual uh, faucet itself. And think about all the different places this exists in your home. We, let, we're going to use a two-bathroom two home, pretty standard. You have three in there, one to the hot water of the sink, one to the cold water of the sink. If you've got a dual vanity, double that. Each one of those is a different supply plus the toilet. So you have a minimum of three, at most five common two bathrooms. That isn't something that applies to the shower. That's something that's copper the entire time. Uh, they plummet right to the 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 knobs and the shower head that's copper consistently the whole way so we're not uh, we're, showers do not apply but you've got your bathroom sink vanity you've got your toilet your washing machine there's two more supply cables there a hot water supply a cold water supply and this is something that drives me nuts when i say about why bother with plastic most washing machines the thread that you're tightening this to is a plastic uh, is a plastic thread. They don't come metal from the manufacturer anymore. Uh, that's why in my perfect home design, my water heater that also has water supply lines and my washing machine are outside. That was a brilliant design uh, that they did back in the 50s. You would walk out to your carport, you'd have a little outhouse, and you've got your water heater and your washing machine in there. Bringing that inside the home uh, is something that's pretty much just the standard now, but I think it was a much smarter design to keep those separated. Uh, I get it. It's a lot nicer to do your laundry. Uh, <laughs> in Arizona in the summertime on the inside of your home, uh, but for the, the water supply side of things, it's usually, uh, we had mentioned that this is the number one leading cause to homeowner insurance claims in America. It's usually the hot water line to your washing machine that gives out first. Um, just the, the use on it, the constant time of day. We, I take you know maybe a shower a day. I, 
I could easily do three loads of laundry a day. It just gets more use. Uh, then our washing machine uh, at our kitchen is the last one. So we've got our kitchen sink and then our, our wash. So adding all those up, I'm at two, four, five, six, seven, eight water lines for a standard two-bedroom, I'm sorry, two-bathroom home with a sink, a water heater, and uh, a washing machine. For all of that, you're still not going to spend more than 200 maybe 250 bucks, depending on the length of run you need to get. Make sure you measure that before you go. You want to give yourself a little bit of extra uh, line than you need just so... Uh, you know, if it's exactly, it, it's, it needs to have flex. The way they come straight and go up, you don't take a straight tape measure. Take a uh, tape measure you would use for fabric, uh, something flexible so you can put a little bend in there and make sure you're giving yourself a little play to work with. If any of those shutoff valves look corroded, there's new pressure ones that you don't need to know how to solder. You can cut off the old ones and do the pressure fittings on the new ones. They work great. They, they have a nice solid bond. It might be worth looking at go ahead and replacing your shutoff valves at each one of those points of penetration as well. And we're over on our break. Gary's uh, screaming behind the glass. So we'll finish this final uh, segment here at Rosie on the House right after this. Clay Jansen of Focus Insurance has joined us this Saturday, and we're going to try and help Dave. He's got an issue he's having as it relates to a leak and his insurance company. But before we're done with all of uh, with all this, I actually I, I said eight. I, I redid the math uh, at the break. I uh, it's ten. My riding fast. Two of my twos looked like a one, <laughs> and so when I went back, it was it's ten water lines. Uh, if you replace those 10 valves as well, plus your shutoff valve, you're looking at 21 parts. It is going a project that will take you the weekend, but it is very doable. Uh, you could even get it done in the day. Uh, and this is awful. I think I bought I, – well, I know I bought all the water lines to do uh, our house when, uh, when we moved in, uh, gosh, eight or nine years ago. I'm thinking right now, thinking who's I, I think. How many do you have left? I think I, I've got everything done but the master bathroom. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing the water line sitting above, uh, the the the, the she's like a, a cabinet, way up high. That I I don't think I ever got to. Something, I think that's on your to do list. Something interrupted my weekend sir. when yeah. I did that, and I never finished it. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go home and finish our master bath. Don't jinx it. You better go home and fix it now. When you're done with all of this, if you have an alarm company that does regular service, a lot of them offer water monitoring, and there's sensors that they will install uh, that they can come back and they'll have to add to it. Uh, there are some if you don't have a uh, an alarms company monitoring your home. There are different things you can buy that sensors you can place that... Uh, we'll send you an alert if it detects water to your smartphone, so you could alert somebody to get to the house and shut it off if you're not there. Wake up, at, wake you up in the middle of the night, beeping on your phone that hey, 
your water heater's leaking and run over there and shut it off so you can wake up in the morning and deal with that instead of dealing with a running water heater that's been leaking for six hours. So with the modern age of technology and electronics, you can get monitoring systems that at the point even, uh, you know, e even if the high-end water lines with the brass threadings, with the uh, braided exterior skeleton at some point will will cause a leak um you know this will just buy you a couple extra years you get a water softener even a couple more years to that a good a good copper line you know you, you could probably get 30 years out of out of it so so you're going to go home and finish these lines and i'm going to go research this water monitoring the water monitoring yeah, I've, I've got my to-do <laughs> list now yeah i just found one of them it's called water hero p100 it uh, automatically will detect a leak and shut it off. Yeah. yeah, and where this is all going on the internet of things, this is something you'll be able to one day manage in your home's auto account. Everything that you can do digitally on monitoring is going to be an additional feature you can get. So that's uh, our digital home maintenance app. You can find it rosieonthehouse.com/app. Dave in Phoenix, let's see if we can help you with the uh, the leak you had in your home. Welcome to the program. <laughs> your lips to God's ears, please help me. So. <laughs> We've got a basement and uh, a full basement. That's our kids' rooms down there. And in the middle of the night in October, the the line from the macerator or the grinder pump that pumps the sewage water out of the house blew out. I mean, literally, it was probably a two-inch hole blown in the copper line. Flooded our whole basement. Uh, insurance company was pretty prompt about sending people out to uh, pull off the drywall at the bottom and didn't bring the fans in and dry everything out. And um, it was looking pretty good at the beginning. And then, but they really, what I call pick the low fruit, they did the easy stuff. They cut the drywall, you know, on the ground, and they, they pulled up the wood floor that was really adjacent to it. But where this pump blew out was a little closet, um, and my, my heat pump was in there. And, of course, they couldn't get behind the heat pump because, you know, it's two inches from the wall. So they didn't pull that drywall out. And in my daughter's closet on one wall, they couldn't get their saws in, so they didn't pull that drywall out. And they pulled up the floor that was immediately flooded, but it's a floating bamboo floor, so the water went everywhere. And they didn't pull that out. So we got on the phone with the insurance company, and we got a adjuster back out. And he's looking around, and he agreed to do some more. And then, because um, we have a landing at the bottom of the stairs, well, as it turns out, whoever built my house insulated the landing. So that insulation got wet and it wicked up. And so that wood under there had to be removed as well. So they cut us a check for like $4,000 and said, you know, kind of there you go. And I'm, I'm in the middle of my busiest time at my work. This was in late October. And so about the 1st of November, so my kids are coming upstairs to use the bathrooms and the showers. And the whole downstairs is a wreck. We have less than and, a minute left, so uh, I think we'll probably okay. have to wrap this so up. I guess, I guess my questions are, they cut us a check. I think it's going to be much more. I know we have a limit, but I'm afraid to cash this check because um, I'm afraid that, this, okay. you know, it's one of those things where... It, Hang tight. We'll finish talking it off the air. Cash the check. Don't cash the check. Initial reaction? Um, I would say you can cash the check, but keep the claim open. Just make sure that they don't close the claim. You always have a right to go back and reopen that claim, and it sounds like you went back a couple times. And we'll finish uh, answering your question off the air. We thank you all for joining us this Saturday morning. We'll be ne back next Saturday. In the meantime, be thankful for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you.